Welcome, 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 fans, to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, the gold standard in wrestling podcasting. It's the whole crew tonight, minus D-Wayne. We'll start off with Mr. Silly Sellis, whose 49ers look pretty good this weekend. Yeah, got one 49er win. Hope we get another one on Thursday night when we play the Seabags. But today, Aaron, I can honestly say Brock Lesnar is the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Wow. Oh, boy. That is my silly moment. That is my silly moment to start this thing off, and I can explain why when we get to that point. Is that a shoot, Is that a shoot, brother? Uh, that is a shoot. That is a kayfabe. That is a real-life fact. Shout out to Tyson Kid. Whatever you want to hashtag it, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is going to be a good one. I could already tell. Uh, Dr. M, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm watching, uh, I got the Cubs playoff game here on mute, game three, back in Chicago. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully one of these series is a actual series. Um, we also have two chains in the house who's eating a bag of chips. Yeah, actually, I'm eating Taco Bell at my own expression. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> but, but let's talk about what's, what's really going on. How about the 5-0 Panthers taking the <clears throat> the almighty Seahawks down? So That was yeah. that end of that game was tremendous. I marked out at the house. I'm and that, sorry I have the only real team of the crew. I don't sorry. know. I, I know another team that's 5-0 over in New yeah, England. They, but Yeah, with their gimmicks, I'm sure they're probably undefeated. They're like, a, they're like the game shark in the NFL. Like, they're putting in all these cheap codes. Oh, and also I got to pitch the best superstar of all time of any of any production is Shockmaster. So go ahead and stamp that. <laughs> Make that my silly moment. <laughs> that 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 cannot possibly be a shoot, brother. <laughs> no, you know what the Pats got? They don't have cheat codes. You know what they got? Game Genie. How many people remember Game Genie? Yeah, Game Genie, yeah. Oh, the, the, the first generation Game Shark. That's right. That's right. I had I had it. Man. I had it too. Um, It was a hard game when I was younger. I I had a code on there, man, when I would play Super Mario Brothers 3 on old school NES where it was called um, Skywalker cheat code. And basically, you just could fly like the squirrel power the whole time and you could just go up in the clouds and just go through every level if you wanted to. And uh, and I may or may not have done that a couple times. I'm just saying that's and and that that's a shoot, brother. That's a shoot. I'm going to be saying that all night. I'm just going to run that into the ground until it's not funny. And right now it's still funny. So anyways, um, so we're going to – that's, that's our episode title. <laughs> that's a shoot, brother. <laughs> um, it's funny now, but when we're in Dallas and you have to be around me for three days straight, that's so not going to be funny after a while. <laughs> oh, this is going to be more hilarious to me. Oh, man. Um so tonight, fans, we're gonna kind of take things sequentially. We'll go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Raw and a little bit about the Stone Cold Schmaz cast, if you will, and then we'll get into our um, Hell in a Cell preview predictions and all that good stuff. So, first of all, the way they done hyped Raw last night, it almost seemed like the podcast was Raw and Raw itself was the pre-show. Am I the only one that felt that way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. Although I have to say, uh, this was the strongest Raw that has been in quite some time. Um, and of, of course, it had to be with how many legends they stacked yeah, it. Yeah, right? they don't but, stacked uh, it, man. But uh, I I think this was the best Raw that we've had in, in several months. I, it has to be the best one since when The Undertaker returned the first time. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Is it safe to say that Undertaker is raw? He's a big part of it, that's for sure. It's definitely a bigger deal when he's there. Um, you know what? I was disappointed just speaking of Taker. You have Stone Cold introduce him, and clearly Stone Cold blew through his promo quickly so he wouldn't get any Brock Lesnar chants going on. We're going to come back to that topic in a little bit. But so um, right. It was weird that Stone Cold just ducked out the ring and didn't interact with Taker. I was kind of looking forward to seeing you know, at least a sign of respect or something there. But I understand, I guess, giving him his, his spot and his place. But I just thought that was kind of a, a missed opportunity. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? So everybody was trending on Twitter. Where did Stone Cold go? He just disappeared. So it was like everybody was looking for the same thing you were just talking about, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely. Like, after I went back and watched it, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. And then I looked on WWE um, Twitter page to look for, you know, streaming videos of it. And I'm like, man, they even edited it that way. Then I had to go back again. I was like, wait a minute. He just really wasn't in the ring with him at the same time. Uh, I don't. It was weird to me. They brought all the legends out. I thought they used Shawn Michaels really effectively. I liked the interaction with Rollins. It kind of got, it was a nice breath of fresh air to see Rollins interact with somebody besides Kane. Um, and I, I liked the interaction they had. Imagine if like Rollins had come along a couple years sooner, a match with him and Shawn. How awesome that would have been. Um, but it was weird to me. The other legends just seemed to kind of be there to introduce folks. And I, I guess I don't understand wasting the uh, the special appearances of legends just to have them do something that we see Lillian Garcia do every week. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. I guess, I mean, it just feels like a cheap pop. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to shout out Oxon Hill High School right now to Mr. Capaddy. And when I felt like all these legends were, were GPA boosters. Because I remember Mr. Capaddy in ninth grade always used to say, yeah, let's give you a little GPA booster in class. And these legends was just a ratings booster. That's it. That's a shoot, brother. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> um, I don't know. Hey, Dr. M, what did you make of all the stuff with the Divas? No Natalia. Uh, yeah, no Natalia. And... Uh... I think the only thing I'll say about it this week is repeating what I said on a couple podcasts ago, that this whole Divas revolution on Raw will actually become a revolution when the Bellas are not featured so prominently. Like, we saw the Bellas in two segments last night, which was one too many. Um, And, yeah, I mean, especially Nikki, she's better in the ring than she used to be, but I mean, they, to me at least, represent what the Divas used to be and what people disliked about the old Divas division. So to have them still be in major segments, multiple segments on Raw every week, it's like WWE is defeating the purpose of this Divas revolution. So I think once the Bellas are out of the picture, or at least not as prominent as they are now, then we'll finally see what this Divas revolution can really be about. And they, they they backed off of the Sasha and um and Naomi heat. I, I thought they would kind of pursue that and progress that and they really didn't. What'd you make of that? Yeah, they did. I mean, there was like a little there was like a quick camera shot. I don't know if you guys caught it, but after Naomi lost to Nikki Bella for like the eightieth time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Like when they when Team Bad was leaving, the camera like quickly flashed over to them and you could see Naomi kind of glance at Sasha. I don't know if anyone else caught that. I didn't. But, like, nobody, none of the announce, the commentators made anything of it, and it was like a very quick camera angle. Hmm. So, yeah, they kind of backed off of that. Yeah, kind of weird. 
that was a great point that you just made, Marcus. Hey, it's oh, D Wayne, everybody. D Wayne. <laughs> what what point was it that you liked, D Wayne? Huh? What what point did were you speaking about that you really liked? I was talking about that uh that whole Naomi looking at a uh, Sasha Banks some type of way, and I won't be surprised if that's the reason why they break up. It's because eventually it's going to be some type of jealousy in regards to you know the crowd cheering for Sasha Banks. And, you know, Naomi's going to get jealous. Yeah. So we're going to have heel on heel action? I think you got to make yeah. Sasha baby face, but, man. But I also have one thing to say. And Marcus, you're going to hate me for saying this. Out there, you're going to hate me for saying this. The Bells are never getting out the picture. <laughs> you oh, might yeah, be right I about that. I would be surprised if they don't. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and his name is... <laughs> <laughs> That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> hey, D-Wayne, just, just so we're clear, um, every time I'm serious about something tonight, I'm just going to say that's a shoot, brother, so just get used to it. <laughs> Maybe there should be a Cena Monster Files for the Divas division. Ooh. Oh, my but it's kind of like a reverse Monster Files because they benefit from being associated with him. Hey, yeah, D-Wayne, uh, D man, you owe us a couple of episodes to that because I can name a couple of people for sure now that, just, that belongs on there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a list. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a great card. It needs to be a top ten list. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. list has gotten so long. I don't. I don't. I don't think we have enough time to to do every single one. No. Yeah, I'll chop it into multiple episodes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure John Cena's middle name is the Titanic because I can't think of how many people he done sunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Aaron, where's your hat ta- uh, tagline there? Oh, oh. <laughs> That was a friggin' shoot, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, are we missing any big beats from Raw? Because it felt like a lot of it was kind of just the same stuff that went down last week outside of what we already done discussed. Am I missing anything big before we get into the pod, the Stone Cold podcast? Well, I have just... one question. Oh, well, let me ask this one question first. This is not going to be answered now. This can answer for the preview later. But is all of this New Day winning going to turn to a bad thing if they lose at Hell in a Cell? It's something to think about. Yes and yes. It seems like it always happens that way. Anytime somebody gets on the screen and the unpredictable but yet predictable happens, you're like, oh, he lost. Or all the losses, then he get in there like, oh, he won. Right. Yeah, yep. So. yep. You know what? Yeah, I guess we're getting more into that in the, pre- in the preview. We can't we can't forget about talking about the Wyatt family here. You know what? Hey, that was a good promo. That was a good promo. I like the switcheroo. What, with Rowan? With, uh, huh? With Eric Rowan, you mean? Yes. Like, where, where, anybody know where Luke Harper was? I heard two different things based on rumor reports. What'd you hear? I heard, I heard one, and, um, I heard this was, um, this was, well, this was the initial reason that, because of that Chris Jericho photo. Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw that. It's super funny. <laughs> Bray Wyatt's doing like the HBK posed out. It's so good. <laughs> right. I'll, and I have to say that shirt is, is definitely awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that shirt. It made me actually kind of want to get one. You should. Yeah, it does. That's a good, that's a good shirt. Um, but the other reason is that they say he had, um, uh, personal family issues or something like that. Okay. Right? So That's either way, enough. either way, it wasn't in result from what they're saying. It wasn't in result of punishment from that picture. So, I mean, that picture's not any worse than, you know, the Lana Rusev engagement thing, completely te- like torpedoing that angle that they had. So, yeah. 
It's not worse than that. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> All right. He has backstage heat from it. Apparently, Rusev, maybe. That's against the rumor, uh, rumor mail, too. Well, he's on the pre-show on the cell paper. <laughs> Which I don't. Yeah, that, okay, that's saved that for the pre- pre-show. Oh, man, the Mets just went yard. It's 2-1 now. How about that? Yeah, I saw it. Who was it? Dan Murphy again. That dude's hot right now. Yeah. Um. Anything else from Raw, you guys? I have to say, I, I legit felt bad for Xavier Woods going through that table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that dude's been through a lot of tables. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And um, the what hyped, uh, the once hyped shield reunion, I guess you wanted to say, that they only referenced too much, was I, I think they really wanted to stay away. Maybe this was an experiment to see how the crowd will react and, you know, the buzz about it, which it did create a lot of buzz. Um, I'm would, definitely more confident that we will be seeing that for sure in the future. But like Seth Rollins always did, I did not like him leaving the ring in that instance. Like it just, it just felt like a just waste of space, you know. Yeah. Um, so I have the question: How long before we see a should reunion? The big, big platform. Yeah, I don't know. I think you got to push that back as long as possible, only because they're still trying to very much establish Roman Reigns as a yeah. top guy right now. But you I'm know, also hearing Dean as well too. Yeah, and you know what? It would be interesting if, like, you know, this reunion, th- whatever it was, kind of happened in Dallas, and then maybe we get that throwback to that triple threat next time they're in Dallas at WrestleMania. That's a match that I know a lot of people, myself included, would love to see, especially if it was for the title. And to me, yeah. are 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 you waiting for Dean Ambrose or Roman Reigns to turn on each other? I, I am, and I, I want to I want to revisit that at the preview because I kind of have a prediction. I'm glad you said that. I don't think we necessarily at least at least me. I don't think I'm necessarily waiting, but we all know it's coming. Like, yeah. So it's just, now it's just like, nah, whatever. Come on. Yep. Yep. But uh, I uh, something I was about to say. It was good to see Air Rowan back for sure. It was. I was uh, uh, from that, from that, um, from that injury, it's good to see him back mm-hmm. healthy and um, able to still run the ropes for a big guy. So he definitely got to get some credit there for sure. Yep. I liked, I liked how they brought him back too because it was kind of on the sly. Like they did that promo segment, and it wasn't like he comes out all of a sudden. Michael Cole's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Eric Rowe," and he was just kind of there, and it was mm-hmm. like very much appropriate for the Wyatt family. I think. He's someone that definitely needs a stable. That solo run clearly didn't work out, and then it's no, nice that he's cheesy. back in the fam. So, um, I don't know. You guys want to get into the Stone Cold podcast? Yep, Brock Lesnar is the best superstar of all time. <laughs> so who who watched it? I know Celis watched it, and I watched it. Did any of you other guys get a chance it. to watch it? You watched no, it? No, I didn't, Dr. I didn't watch it. I watched it. Yeah? I'm going to start it. You know what I'm going to say? Brock Lesnar is... He is who he says he is. He's a person that doesn't like people. It's kind of funny that he watched Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> and you just, you get a sense of him as a real person. So it wasn't really a promo to me. It was just a getting, it was trying to, WWE trying to make him relate to real people. I think it's, it's, it's really cool that the Beast Incarnate grills on his deck and likes rye whiskey, I was really, really happy to learn that. That was really cool. But in my opinion, I thought that he was in kayfabe and out of kayfabe, in character, out of character. He was. All at the same time within the interview. Like, literally, Stone Cold asked him a question, 
and he would go in kayfabe and out of kayfabe in the same in the same interview. Like for example, if you paid attention, he talked about I guess some road trips when he had rolled with the Undertaker and Kane or did something like this one time. But then later in the podcast, he was like, "I'm getting tired of the Undertaker. I'm ready to you know hurt this man. I'm ready to do this." And that just shows what type of character he is that he can go in a character and out of character just like that because he's good at what he does. And granted, he said one thing that makes me always say that why he's the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Who is the one person that, if you really think about it, could have broke the streak? If you really think about it, as much as you would think or give people credit, maybe predict people, he truly was the only one. If you talk about his whole career, what he did in WWE, in college, before WWE, what he did after New Japan, and then after that in the Octagon, what better person can give a rub like that as far as breaking the streak? And his name is... I can prove to you why Cena would not be the ultimate one to get the rub. Because, in honesty, if Cena was the one that could get the rub, he would not would have lost the Rock the first time. To me, that Rock match where he faced him the first time, that was the ultimate match. And it showed that Cena, no matter that he won the belt back from the Rock, he beat him at the next um, Mania. And when he lost him the first time, it showed that Cena... Yeah, you're good, but you're not ever going to be like The Rock was. And I think Brock is even over what The Rock was because he even said it. He said The Rock showed him how to be selfish. And think about it. Brock took that selfish key and went farther in sports entertainment more than The Rock did. Yes, The Rock did his thing like Batista going into acting, going into movies. But Brock in sports entertainment alone took that selfishness and took it to the next level. Yeah. I guess... Nothing that he really talked about surprised me a whole lot. It was interesting to hear insight into why he left the first on his first run after WrestleMania 20 and kind of hear, you know, his story in MMA and diverticulitis. Like we kind of knew all that, but it was you don't hear him talk a lot in like a candid manner like you did. So it was interesting to hear all that, but I let me ask you guys this as as cool as the podcast was at moments, do you think that this was a worthwhile venture in terms of Brock Lesnar is probably the realest character, and you just talked about it, the realest character they have going on TV, and he's obviously one of the bigger draws in the company right now. He's a special attraction. Do you think humanizing him to your main audience like this was the way to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say definitely. Because the the biggest reason why I'm perfectly fine with it, because they're not booking him like Ken Shamrock. They're booking him as an MMA fighter. Yeah. You look at... When you once we game, I'm gonna have to refer back to the most popular MMA fighter. You look at Ronda Rousey; she's tough as I don't know what, but she's legitimately a lady who's never been in love like that for real. Who now has a boyfriend? You're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You, you miss you miss this like mean face bugging. I'm gonna hurt this person, but you're doing all these like PR interviews about you know your your life and you know how cool you are with your sisters and stuff like that, and showing that you're a nerd. It doesn't hurt her. And even as Brock Lesnar as the character, I don't even see Brock Lesnar as the character. I see nope. Brock Lesnar. I mean, he, at any moment, I feel like he can say, okay, Dana White, let's go back to UFC and do this. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if when we, you think about the top superstar, like, to think about Brock Lesnar, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, The Rock, well, let's say Dwayne Johnson on that, CM Punk, and John Cena, if I didn't already say his name, and even Batista. When you look at, or even Triple H, when you look at all those people, you think, look at them, yeah, they're WWE superstars, but you know that's who they are in the ring and outside the ring. And that's who Brock Lesnar is. He just really threw a promo 
about himself and he didn't have to act. He was himself. And that whole podcast was like a big promo. Like, even talking with Paul Heyman, he's like, I don't need to talk. Paul can talk for me. Paul can sell me for me. But right now, he just showed that he can sell himself doing the same thing Paul did. Paul does it because Paul's acting it. Brock did it because he just did it because this is who I am. I'll tell you what the whole podcast was. It was Big T's, and I'm mad. <laughs> because <laughs> you wanted that brother. Versus Give it up, brother. Hey, it's not like I'm sitting here making this feud up. They kind of started building it back in, what, May, June, whenever Paul Heyman was on the podcast. And they even touched on that, too, because, you know, Stone Cold was supposed to give him the rub over, and Stone Cold actually didn't want to do it right before he left. Yeah, it was funny because he was like, tell us about when you left or something. And he's like, well, didn't you leave, too? <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole thing. And he's like, all right, let's talk about it. <laughs> I thought that was great. I mean, I, th- I thought the podcast did what it needed to do as far as you just solidified why Brock is who he is. He's the ultimate money draw. He did it on the pay-per-view guys. And, and 2 Chains, you are the definite M- MMA guru. You are our, like like Dr. M is our Divas expert. You're our MMA expert. And you know during that time, during MMA, everybody was feeding off to Brock Lesnar, see what he was going to do. I don't even think CM Punk is going to get that type of draw, even though CM Punk will. He's not going to get Brock. And I understand what CM Punk is trying to do to try to get that selfish, you know, draw like Brock. But he can't do it like Brock does because Brock is just the man. He had everything. Yep. Two, two, and I can I can elaborate this for two reasons. Number one, CM Punk is in a tough weight class. Yep. And his weight class, he's not even the biggest draw. He's not even the biggest name because I believe, I'm not sure where he's going to fight at, but he's going to either fight between Conor McGregor's weight class and everybody mm-hmm. knows that name. And, or if not, he's going to end up fighting the Anderson Silva's weight class. And you're like, oh. okay, you're not going to no, be the top guy in this. But when Brock came, Brock, if you didn't even know Brock, you had to be wondering, like, why is this guy who only, like, they've only, like, I think announced of him having, like, five professional fights or something like that by the end of his career, either five or six. Mm-hmm. But he's getting top-tier fights right away. And once yeah. he came in, I believe, I, I, don't quote me wrong, I believe his first fight was, no, he lost to Cain Velasquez. He lo- he beat maybe Junior Dale Santos right away. He was just like, whoa, this is a big dude, quick on his feet, everything. And then, you know, his tattoo showed out. Like, all that was just the perfect build for him. Any other uh, big reactions to the podcast before we get into our preview? I like the story he uh, told about that shooting star press he did at Mania 19. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't didn't hear that. I want to hear this. Well, he was just saying how he wasn't really all that interested in doing the shooting star press, but he kept saying somebody in the back, and I was hoping he would say who. He didn't. He kept saying somebody in the back encouraged him to do that shooting star press because it would be a big WrestleMania moment and Brock was hesitant about it, but uh, ultimately did it at somebody's advice and we all know what happened from there. So I was hoping he would reveal who it was. Come on guys, let's get the predictions. Well, somebody on Twitter said that they had heard in previous uh, recountings of that story that it was Jim Ross that had encouraged him to do it. I wouldn't even have a guess that. Who I think was like... Kind of the John the Johnny Ace of that time, where he was like the talent relations guy, as well as doing lead play by play. Yeah, my guess would have been Jeff Hardy easily. I don't know. If Jeff was with the company at that time. Didn't he fight on that WrestleMania? No, no, 
No, Matt was. Matt was in the cruiserweight title match to oh, open the show right, with Ray, right. but no, Jeff wasn't with the company at that time. That was when it was a uh, Matt Hardy v one. Ah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, that was a cool story, Doctor M. I definitely agree with you. It was interesting. I wish he would have talked more about the match with Bill Goldberg. If they they really kind of skirted past it, because man, I remember watching. That was my first time watching so a pay per view live. And I was just like, I can't believe that this. That was like the first time you really saw a crowd just completely take a dump on a match. Right. And so I was so hyped for it. I could not believe that was happening. Man, did it crap. And yeah. Stone Cold being a ref was just like, okay, there's way too many bald headed people in here. And then, he just, and then he just stunned everybody at the end, which was like, thank you. At least something cool happened. Yeah. <laughs> Any other big impressions from the podcast, you guys? No, but I do want to ask. Uh, everybody a question before we move to the review um the first thing is what do, what do you guys make up a, with the uh, Randy Hor- Randy Orton whole ordeal you know I wanna I wanna hold off on that till we get to the Roman Reigns match on the preview cause that's I have a prediction about that okay and number two from the house show um pictures with the Undertaker um what do you guys think about you know with that? Does who does it hurt? Who does it help? Was it cool? Should, is it just house show material? Leave it at that, or is it something to think about? I think it's just house show material. Leave it at that. Something for the Mexico fans to be happy about and to speculate, but I don't think nothing will happen of it. And specifically, you're referring to is that the that picture you put on our group Facebook page? Yeah, Undertaker and Kane versus the Wyatt family, and. The crazy thing is, The Undertaker was booked for this match a long time ago. Um, Chris Jericho was too, and I remember saying something to y'all guys about that a long time ago. So I had like kind of forgot, but then I remember I was like, "Oh, he was already booked." So this isn't really like a really big surprise, but nonetheless, it was still cool to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also agree with you, says. I think it's just house show stuff. A lot of buzz was going back and forth, like you know, does this hurt the wise? Does this help the Taker? What does it do? Right, you know, but house show material. Cool. Totally agree. Well, I guess we'll get right into our uh, our sell pay per view predictions here. I'm gonna throw a couple of the undercard matches to you guys uh, individually to just kind of do a quick prediction on, and then we can kind of get into it with some of the bigger, higher profile matches. The uh, the kickoff match we have a six man tag, which is a rematch from Raw. We have Ziggler, Cesaro, and Neville versus a bunch of foreign guys, uh, Barrett. Sheamus and Rusev. Um, sell us what do you who won this match on Raw? Because we'll just I guess we can just say the opposite team will win on the pay per view. Oh God, I, I don't even remember because I think that's when I tuned off because I was just so disappointed that they put those guys together. I want to say the Hills won and and I think Barrett took the pin. Uh, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm a shout out to Doctor M here. I remember when it was I think CM Punk was on the cover and that was WWE 2K what 12. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, so if there was WWE 2K12, I remember it was something I used to vent to Dr. M about all the time, about the European title, and it was a stable that had all the Europeans on there that was Wade Barrett, uh, Sheamus, and I forgot what they called themselves, but it was part of a stable that was part of creative team that WWE 2K12 put in their video game. And when I saw them team together, I was like, hmm. Maybe this is a way we could bring back European title. But at the same time, I know we're dealing with WWE creative. And I just know that this is just a simple, you know, 
spot fest where they put in six wrestlers they don't have no storyline for but they have to make sure they're on the card somewhere so they're just mixing them together and have nothing for them so it's it's really unfortunate especially when one of those players is your mr money in the bank and you're not building him up at all which wwe tends not to do build up your mr money in the bank and i think it's just going to be a, a a sloppy match that the faces will win over here and it will just lead to nothing okay fair enough Hey, yeah, uh, all six, all six of those guys deserve better. They do. Yeah. Well, I think two of them are in an unfortunate situation with that whole Lana engagement thing yeah. being what it was. It's, it's just a SmackDown match. That's all I look at. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's so on it's the pre-show like, for yeah. a reason. For a reason. Um, you got the uh, the tag straps being defended here. Hey, D Wayne, do you think New Day retains, or we're going to see the Dudleys get their tenth title? Gonna sit here and say New Day retains. Um, it's just something about them that gets the crowd into it. And even though the Dudleys are making a comeback, if the Dudleys win, then they're just gonna lose um, next pay per view anyway. But I have New Day winning. Okay, fair enough. Hey, uh, Doctor M, I see title. Kevin Owens retains against Ryback. Correct. Of course. Do you, do you think <laughs> this no match will be any good? No What's that? Do you think the match will be any good? Uh, I think it'll be decent. I mean, there's, I don't think there can be a bad Kevin Owens match. Um, I mean, I think it'll be, like I said, decent. I don't think it'll be spectacular. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens is definitely retaining. Okay. Fair I enough. would be all for this match if it was in the hell in a sale. Yeah, I guess it just, it's not warranted for this feud, but I would love to see KO in the cell someday. I think that would be a lot of fun. I would if it was in the sale. I'll say, watch out! This might be match of the night material. Yeah. So, um, Celis, I know we normally throw this to Doctor M, but I just gave him the KO match because he also loves KO. Um, you have the Divas Championship in a rematch. Uh, Nikki Bella invoking her rematch clause against the new champion Charlotte. I mean, everything Doctor M has said, it seems that we're just going to have Charlotte kind of get past this match, and then we'll really get into this Divas Revolution in earnest. Do you agree? I would hope so because that would be a great, I guess, way to lead to a Divas, uh, I guess, traditional Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm. You know, five on five, maybe have some five faces versus five heels, or just a mix up of a, a ten man or ten, excuse me, ten women uh, battle royal, some type of elimination match, or whatever. That would be great. But I really think that WWE is not going to be that creative, and I would wish Doctor M was on WWE creative so he could fix it. But I just think it would be a disqualification. Where you have somebody from Team Bad interferes because they feel like they should be in the title match, and they'll just leave it as a continued drama between the three teams. Okay, you know what? I could see if uh, if Sasha ended up kind of getting turned on by the rest of Team Bad. Maybe she joins the baby faces, and you can get that five on five, and mm-hmm. that would be nice. But then you kind of got to wait another month until we really have whatever the Divas title picture looks like moving forward. So it's just kind of like a lot of wait and see. Again, yeah. but I could easily see them going there. Hey, you guys, you think that <clears throat> that the that how they still promote the four horse woman indicates that that stable is coming to the main roster? Mm, I don't know what you'd do on NXT if you didn't have Bailey there. So my answer is no, but that would be cool someday. Yeah, I mean, you you bring her to the main roster as part of the stable, so not so much as the champion. 
So the, the stable exists on Raw, but she exists as the champion on NXT. Sort of as Sasha uh, exists in the stable mm-hmm. on yeah. Raw, and she is the number one contender on NXT. For Bailey's sake, I hope not at this time because they can't even book the the divas they currently have on the main roster appropriately. Yeah, I think that idea would have been amazing like three, four months ago when this thing yep. was first getting started, but WWE, Injury. I think, has made us so tired of stables now because every, every week we get some version of one diva stable versus another. So, Well, it's whenever... So whenever Stephanie tells us, here's the stables, that automatically makes the stables not cool. <laughs> so, so, nothing worse than someone just being like, this is a stable. Buy into it. No! That's a so shoot, Stella, brother. Yes, sir. So you're not backing me up on this after you just said that you believe Survivor Series will be a 4-on-4? You know what? That, it will make perfect sense. Like, and once again, I'm gonna give you the credit, just like I give Doctor M. I will book it that way. That will be a great way to bring, you know, Bailey up to like, just like you said, in uh, a, a stable role that's not exploiting the NXT Championship, where she can go back and do both shows. But I just don't think WWE Creative is gonna be that, you know, creative hint because that's the shoot. Sorry, Aaron. That's um, a shoot, you know, brother. Trying to, you know, get that together. Yeah, that would be awesome because even with them being the four together. The other four that they would go against will probably just be, you know, whatever. But to actually see if that build actually could come together and make sense would be pretty cool. Like, I mean, obviously you would have Paige. You would probably have, um, um, I can't even think of it, both people from Team Bad and probably Nikki Bella. And But not if you have Big Tamina wearing high heel shoes. I mean, why is she wearing <laughs> high heel shoes coming down the ring ramp? Because, like, look, she's still- Bad is out of team bad, you know, no pun intended. And she's wearing high heels. That's a good question. That's bad. Hey, uh, hey, Dr. M, before we move on from the Divas, I have a quick NXT question. Did you watch NXT last week, Dr. M? I did. Why are they dressing Nia Jax like the Sultan from Aladdin? You know what? I I, I haven't been able to figure out what I think about that. It's terrible. Well, on the one hand, yeah, it is terrible. Whatever they put her in is terrible. She's the, the Sultan from Aladdin. At the same time, like she looks unique, <laughs> um, and we have to think too. Like when MVP first debuted, he was in that ridiculous whatever that was Power Ranger for like most of his career too. And after a while, we got used to it, and it, it really kind of grew to fit his character. And so I don't know. I'm thinking the same thing might happen with Nia Jax. I oh boy, she looked like <laughs> the Sultan from Aladdin. That's a shoot, brother. Anyway, I'm the only one though. Speaking of, not totally impressed by her. I mean, I liked her, but to me, I just saw a, a watered down version of Karma. Who did she work on on NXT? Why can't I think of who her opponent was? I forgot some indie wrestler. I can't remember her name. Oh, it was uh, wasn't it like Eva Lee or Evie it wasn't or Evelise. something? It was. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyways. Um, let's let's get the whole group in on the on the big matches here. So like they've been building this whole Cena thing with the New Day, and then you interjected Dolph Ziggler a little bit, and now Cena's so, match on the pay per view, which according to all rumor is either his second to last match before his hiatus, or you know maybe you know if he had another match on Raw the next night, or this is his last match until his hiatus begins. We have a Cena U.S. Open challenge on the pay per view. 
So I guess we'll just run it across the board on who you would book in that spot. And if you would have seen to put them over to do, you know, clean or shenanigans or whatever. So, D-Wayne, you're our Cena expert. Who do you put in the spot? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Had to um, pick up a prescription. But, um, uh, everyone knows that Cena uh, is going to drop this title before he goes off. Who's going to answer a challenge? I don't know. It seems like everybody is doing something. I mean, the logical choice would be Dolph Ziggler. But it's just it's just unknown at this moment. If I had to pick someone, that had to, it would be Dolph Ziggler. That's if I had to pick someone. Right okay. There. What about you, Celis? Uh, uh, I got two people. I have uh, who I think will be the realest choice, and Cubby's just hit a homer, tied it up 2 2. Was that Solaire? Yep. Nice. Um, uh, well, uh, just going back, uh, one, I, first of all, I think this match should open the show. I do too. Um, and secondly, my realistic opportunity, if you want to keep building on the new day, I said make this Xavier Woods as somebody that could challenge for the U.S. title and a legit uh, win. However, and I, well, let me come back to my however. But my surprise pick, who I think that could possibly do it, that would be a great way to push them over, or especially if you want to bring them to the main event roster, would be Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. I think if you bring him up from NXT as a surprise pick, this could be a great way to make him have a big bang as his premiere show on the main roster. I'm not sure WWE is going to pull that trigger. And even though we all know Cena is going to take time, I would not be surprised if Cena still wins, even with Tyler Breeze coming up, because they like to say, oh, you know Cena's taking time off. But we don't have to make it right now. We can make it on Raw or the next week later where he decides to take off time. So I'm going to say Cena wins regardless. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Tyler Breeze will make his debut. Okay. Uh, Sal- or I just talked to Salas. Uh, two chains. Yeah, I, I like that Tyler Breeze pick. I wasn't going to pick that because I, I've been hearing Tyler Breeze is going to make his uh, main roster um, debut soon. I was thinking it was going to be against the new revamp Adam Rose, who took an injury. So I'm not really sure now what really happens to Tyler Breeze. But off my limb pick is going to be Sami Zayn. I don't like the booking because I really like the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens booking for WrestleMania. Yep. But then again, there's already story here. So mm-hmm. you can insert him in. You can make him injure Cena. And Cena's gone, and Sami Zayn's back and decorated. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. What do you What do you think, uh, Doctor M? I'm all about this being Tyler Breeze's moment. <laughs> You're a big Tyler Breeze guy. The, I think this is the perfect way to debut Tyler Breeze. He, I think, he deserves a spot. And um, I mean, I think it's perfect in part because. You know, WWE was successful with bringing Kevin Owens out. Neville. Like, Neville's on the main roster, but honestly, it is now looking more and more like it wasn't the best move to bring him up right now because, you know, he's occasionally wins a match, and I do mean occasionally. Uh, but, uh, no, I think this is the perfect spot for Tyler Breeze, and I don't think it's a coincidence that what was it a couple of days ago where WWE.com had that feature on about people who won championships in their debut. 
Right. Um, and like they had like a whole article on Carlito, for example, when he debuted and beat Cena. Mm-hmm. And so it would be a great story for another person to debut and beat Cena for the U.S. title. Hmm. You're not. Hi, Tyler Breeze. You're going to be on the Cena Monster Oh, no. Tell him it's not so. It's not so, Dwayne. No, I, I got it, you guys. You know who's going to come out and he's going to win the U.S. championship? <laughs> ready for it? You ready for it? Daniel Bryan. I like that. Because he's been talking about how they're going to send him to one more doctor to see if they're going to get cleared or not. Wouldn't that be something? Bring him back on the surprise tip. That would be fun. What about if Carlito came back? Because along with the um, with the Alberto Del Rio rumors of taking over the, the um, Mexican market, Carlito was also rumored with that as well. I'll tell you something. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> I, I would rather, if, if they were going to bring Del Rio back, this would be a cool spot too. Um, is it weird that I'm more excited for whoever this open challenge person is than I am about both of the cell matches? Oh, I'm a, I'm a great you. Actually, the, whatever match this is, I think this is going to be the match of the night, in my opinion. I could see that. Although, I, Taker Brock is going to be something fun, and we're going to get to that at the end here. But um, uh, any any final final predictions or comments on this match? This is clearly uh, clearly intriguing. I mean, we we were all over the board here on this. While, hey, like, while it's intriguing, I think WWE creative has nothing under their sleeve, and uh, I think they're going to go with the logical choice. Dolph Even though he's already on the pre-show? Yes. Okay. Mm. You know what? I think I think it will be a it, while we want while we want Mike want Tyler Breeze, for some reason I think it's a, a waste right now to do it because like like I just don't think he'll win. Yeah, I kinda see what you're saying there. What about Joe? I thought about that too. I mean, I doubt I, they're going to go there with Joe on the main roster, but that would be kind of fun to see Cena and Joe just for one night only. Yeah, I, I can't see. Would you bring him back? Would you bring him in as a heel though? After so much face work for so long, I don't. I don't think it would need to be a thing about heel face. I think people would just Maybe be excited either. to see the match. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that you know another fun match for Cena, if not now, at some point in the future, Apollo Cruz would be super fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what, Aaron? I think we're I think we're at best when we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? To to kind of close it out though, D Wayne, I, I do agree with you that if they're gonna bring Tyler Breeze in, it should be to put him over strong right away. And if he's just gonna get fed to Cena, I don't see the point. So I it scares me, but it would be fun at the same time. But um let's move along here. I kinda wanna save the cell matches for last since that's the theme of the pay-per-view. So we have uh, the Demon Kane, who wasn't even on Raw this week after being the most featured performer on Raw the last month, which has been awesome, uh, going up against the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins. Um, I don't really care, and I don't see a point to it. I mean, I think Rollins retains. And I agree. And like... I don't know. I agree, but you know what? I'm for, for, for one for one moment. I actually thought about Kane having a title, and I think 
I think I'm tired of Seth Rollins right now. That's good. That means it's working. That he's a good heel. There's not a lot of those left. Right. Yeah. But like. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind DMK holding the title. Let me let me ask you this, D Wayne. I, we should probably just keep doing this on every pay per view prediction show. Uh, a Money in the Bank heat check. Could you see yeah. a cash in? If he cashes it in, I think it would probably would be a hell in a cell. But I don't. Uh, my thing is, does he cash it in for the win or is he cashing in for the for the loss? I would prefer a loss, but. I don't know how many more times you can do that and keep money in the bank over as like a thing. Yeah. I don't know. You already got two losers, right? With Cena and and uh, Damian Mizdow. Yep. Yep. But that would be a that would be a great way to book Rollins, though. But to you know him, what? I... To have yeah, him go would, over yeah. Kane, and yeah. then and then for Sheamus to come in and try to cash in, and for Rollins to somehow. Yeah end up the winner in that match, I think that would be a perfect way to put Rollins. I mean, it'd be so much so much talking for him to have, talking points on how good he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like that's the best way because I just don't see Sheamus holding the title. I don't either, man. I think it would be terrible. And he would just be a transitional champion to put it on some other baby face because they didn't want to make Rollins look weak. Right. Yeah. Well... Does anyone else have anything riveting to say about this match, or should we move on to the cell matches? And move on. Not looking forward to it. I just hope it's booked in a way where I can say, "Oh, that was surprising." You know? yeah, but I think Kane's gonna win. You do? Yeah, and then Sheamus cashes in. Yeah. I mean, that's well, it, well. Even if he doesn't cash in immediately, I think Sheamus does cash in by beating Kane. Here, here's my whole thing about it, man. Look at who Seth Rollins has, you know, through shenanigans or whatever, has gone over this year. Dean Ambrose multiple times. Yep. Brock Lesnar in like a DQ finish. John Cena a couple times. Like, you, I, it's hard for me to picture after all those guys, the guy that's going to take the strap off of him is Demon Kane. That's just tough for me. Not that I'm sitting. Not that it couldn't happen because stranger things have happened, but. That's just tough for me. But you know, well, I, the, I have, here, right, so here's my question: When is he gonna honestly beat someone cleanly? Um, he doesn't need to as a heel. Yeah, when he turns babyface. That's that's like classic booking in a way. That's how the Attitude Era always was. You know, when you had your heel champions, they never won clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you well, know what? Like, I, I think I think for just for you know just to make them really. And uh, they need to win at least one match, legit, with no help. Yeah, he beat Sting clean. Yeah. Yeah, how clean was that? Bad. So yeah. bad, so bad that reports are saying Sting injury was bad timing. So who knows what was going to go on there? Yeah. Well, I think that match was supposed to go on about ten minutes longer, from what I read, mm-hmm. than it actually did, but. Props to my man Sting for toughing it out. Yeah, absolutely. That was a but, that was a match. <laughs> but but Aaron, I think I think what you're saying, or at least what I'm getting from you, mm-hmm. is and I and I do feel the same way until I actually go back and start really thinking that we're really discrediting Kane because of how they're booking him. But look back at him; he's as dominant as and his age, and he's still really effective in the ring all these years. I think, like, I 
think that's probably why they try to, you know, intensify the severeness of saying Demon Kane by saying, hey, this is not this wash-up corporate Kane, but no, this is really, like, the the powerful, strong Kane here. So I, I'm, I'm wondering if they are doing that to say, hey, appreciate this Attitude Era wannabe Kane, but he's still, like, one of the top competitors. Not a bad, not a good job booking at all, but I think that's probably their pitch with always saying, like, this is the Demon Kane, you know? I kind of I kind of look at Kane at this point like the noodle arm of Peyton Manning. We respect the brain behind it, but I just don't see it anymore. <laughs> no, but no, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, and I think yeah. that I think that they've done like you said, a really great job of putting Kane back over as a legitimate threat. I definitely can't take that away. You're absolutely right. Um Yeah, I I guess I still don't see it, but stranger things have happened. This much is true. It would be so much better if Kane was on um, book with a manager where he didn't have to talk. The whole corporate Kane does make me realize, like, hey, this is not when this. Like, remember when Kane used to come out against Pete Rose all the time, and you just like, oh man, like you knew something bad was going to go down. Like, literally, remember feeling like Pete Rose is going to die <laughs> numerous times. I was like, Pete Rose is going to die, and. You know, that's the cane that didn't say nothing. The fire comes out, and you're like, okay, yeah, like this this is it. But now it's just like, I mean, I will say when he came down for the lumberjack match, I got that feeling again. But other than that, it's just been like, eh, this is Kane with a mask now. Well, let me ask you this. Does that say how good Paul Burr was during that time to build up his character to yes. make him have that pass and the attitude error? Yes. Paul Bear, creative, you know, whoever his manager was, even when he was signed by Undertaker, when Kane didn't have to talk, mm-hmm. everything about it worked because just I just think creative and, you know, the attitude error is what it was. It was just a, a, a moment of, like, seriousness, and everybody was here for, you know, real beefs and real, like, um, storyline bills and all that, mm-hmm. so... You know, this PG era now, like, there's really no beefs. Like, when Undertaker came back, remember I was telling you guys, I was like, you know how he called out Brock and he went and him right away? Yep. That's, the, that's the whole recipe. Now it's just like Seth Rollins talked for like a good 30 minutes about crying and how he don't like my how he going to take care of business. And then he does it like at the end of the, the show for 10 minutes and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Roman Reigns and uh, Bray Wyatt are going to be in the cell. Mm, not looking forward to this match. To me, it's, it's a lose-lose situation. It really is. Because why? You're going to bury one of your younger stars. For example, if you have Bray Wyatt, can you name me one legit pay-per-view where he won and it put him over to the next step? Or can you name me more pay-per-views where he lost against big names at big-time spots? The best win he's had on pay-per-view is against Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble 2014. And then where did he get him from Mania? A loss to Cena. On uh, the Cena Monster Files. And then on the other end, for Roman Reigns, you keep on trying to push him. You're trying to push him and have him do these little baby feuds right now to try to push him up to the top. When you had him as your Royal Rumble winner, you had him at Mania, you had him at a spotlight where I was almost close, along with some other fans, maybe some other people on this podcast, saying, okay, if he has the belt, this may be an okay time, and then you lost it, and then you buried him for a little bit with these baby feuds. You put him back with Dean, but you do not develop him as an individual character where you say, okay, maybe he is ready to take that next jump. So if he wins, where does he go to from here? Does he go right to Seth, or 
for uh, next month's pay-per-view. Does that make sense? Or where do you go with Roman? Yes, that's exactly where they're going to go with him. Lose-lose, like you said. Lose-lose, my opinion. I think they put him over Bray, and I think they send him at Seth at the next pay-per-view. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. So do you I thought, think Seth wins, though, in that match next month? Mm, booking, or do you think that's going to continue a feud all the way up until Mania 32? I think Seth wins initially, but, like, yeah, you could you could easily stretch that out to Mania and you get Dean involved at the Rumble. Maybe Dean wins the Rumble. I know that's kind of a stretch, but I don't know. I, 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 think you, I don't know where else you put Roman except – okay, so here's my other thing. Dean's not on the card now because of the Orton injury. This would be a perfect situation to put Bray over and have Dean interfere. You know, I thought we was at a clear consensus that um, Bray Wyatt was the person that put everybody over. And no matter how many people we put over, he still just could be Bray Wyatt. Right. So well, I think I see I think the problem is that Bray I think it's pretty bad that Bray has been in WWE this long and has not yet won a belt. Agree. Like, the only person in the Wyatt family that's won a belt is Luke Harper. And I guess rightfully so, because he's the best worker in the Wyatt family. But, like, you know why he hasn't won a belt? Why? I'm sure you're going to tell us. John Cena. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that explains, like, all these feuds that Bray Wyatt has had. Like, a feud with Bray Wyatt does nothing for anyone. Exactly. And I think that's partly because he hasn't built any credibility yet by winning a championship. Um, and so, I mean, Dean Ambrose got gained nothing from the feud with Bray Wyatt, and I don't think nope. this is doing anything for Roman Reigns either. Nope. Um, and so, in some sense, like, I'm not interested in this match because of both competitors, but I'm more not interested because Bray Wyatt, I mean, doesn't really bring anything to this nope. match. Nope. You know, if... Roman Reigns, well, when Roman Reigns wins, if he goes anywhere near the top for a title shot automatically, I'm highly, highly disappointed. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with Roman Reigns post-sell? Because this is the end of the feud. Where, where do you go from here other than maybe Dean turning on him or at the title? Like, if it's not those two options, I just don't see what you do with him. What's left? Dean. I honestly would throw him at uh, Kevin Owens. And in, in a, in a good high to upper mid card feud, not saying that he has to win, but just to show that it's a legit feud that can show how it's just another way that Roman can show that he can really go with a big time wrestler, an indie type wrestler in a match like that. Yeah, Roman can, you know, power over people, make it a brawler type match. But can he do the technical wrestling? You know, and I, th- I think somebody like Kevin Owens would be good for him to do that. Because I just felt like he needs that type of mid-card feud to better himself before he goes to that next level. I may so not basically, but, you know. So okay. basically you're saying throw him in a washaway match that may be good, but just throw him in a washaway match because there's nothing else to do with him. That's, I mean, that's what happens with post Bray matches anyway. I mean, <laughs> That's a good point. Here, here's, Roman, here's the rest of Roman Reigns. Uh, Trajectory towards WrestleMania. He feuds with Dean Ambrose. Um, somehow he wins the Royal Rumble and he goes to Mania. So back to back Royal Rumble winner. Yep. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm with you too, James. I'm with you. And Doctor Empire, make that three. You know. 
I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm saying that's what's going to happen. Oh, that's a shoot, brother. That's a shoot, brother. I'm about to cancel my flight. <laughs> we we ain't bought the tickets can, yet for the WrestleMania. Make another run, Reigns run. No, they can't. Do you oh, know? Do you know what that actually means? It means no matter how bad, how good of a success that the Seth Rollins booking was last year, and the pop it got that WWE is admittedly saying we made a huge mistake for a year, <laughs> wasted a whole year. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but I mean, you have to you have to think about it. They're waiting for Roman Reigns, so you're gonna have to figure out he's gonna be the main event some way somehow. Yep. So I, I'll take the easiest route to have him win the, the Rumble. Yep. Oh my God! Oh, oh the fans are back to that Warrior Rumble when it's at the event. If not, Austin. if he. If he doesn't win the Rumble, he's going to win the title before Mania. He will be in the main event. Mark my words and Mark D. Wayne's words. Oh, God. See, now you wanted that Stone Cold Brock Lesnar match, don't you? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Be careful what you wish for. That's a shoot, uh, brother. But, hey, I would rather have your shield triple threat rather than than uh, Roman just a future. Well, and that might, make, that might make a Roman main event more digestible. Yes, okay, I'll take that. You see what I'm saying? I'm not okay. saying what the match is going to be. I'm just saying you can book Roman in that main event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. I that's a shoot, there brother. Without winning the Rumble. I mean, and that's possible. Like, what's to stop them from putting the title on Roman? Because he definitely has claim to it after the way Mania went down. Why not have him go up against Seth, who they clearly have unfinished business with, with since Mania? He's finally free of all other encumbrances. You put him against Seth. Maybe you have him win the title at TLC. You stretch out for a little bit. And then Roman take the title into Mania. Maybe Seth doesn't get a proper rematch until he's done feuding with Triple H because you know that's about to happen. And you have Dean win the Rumble. And that that's something fans could get behind. I know that's kind of sh- like kind of wonky a little bit, but I don't know. Just, just be aware that anything that you book in Sheamus has to be somewhere near involved. So no matter who it is, who do you want Sheamus to actually go against? And I, none of them. I want Sheamus to cash in on Nikki Bella. <laughs> I'll tell you now, if the main event is Sheamus and Roman Reigns, I'm canceling my plane ticket. <laughs> no, that, that's not going to be the first one. That's definitely not going to be the main event. But you have, to, I, you have to admit that Roman Reigns is going to be the main event some way, somehow. Yep. He's going to leave WrestleMania with the title some way, somehow. I guarantee that. Now, there's a reason why they really kept Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins apart for this year. So mm-hmm. you can count that Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins being the main event some way, somehow. Or, or they kept Cena and Roman Reigns apart some way, somehow, until now, too. This, this, yeah. That's always an option. never crossed paths at all. No. I think, I, think, I think they were waiting for, hey, that could be an idea for WrestleMania, but I think that's more of a SummerSlam match. I think they're going to SummerSlam for that one. That, that wouldn't be the worst that. thing in the world, either. I like that more of a SummerSlam match. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we and I even like that if Ronan Reigns has the title versus John Cena at SummerSlam, that even solidifies that even more. Yeah. So so, so I think we're all in, I think we're all in uh, favor of Cena losing this match. Then. Yeah, and I think we're all in to an extent on Roman Reigns winning against Bray Wyatt. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so basically the next night you have Bray Wyatt start picking on somebody new out of nowhere. So we'll just say uh, you can book Ro- you can book Bray Wyatt versus Heath Slater for Survivor Series, folks. You can book it. That's a shoot, brother. Um, main event. Poor Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Taker and Brock in the what cell. NXT. Well, who do you got? Who do you guys got in Taker and Brock? And tell tell me why why um why you'd pick the finish you would. We'll start with D Wayne again. I think it's just too obvious. I think just from the podcast and all that Brock is on the line, we've seen Undertaker for the first time in a long time last, last night, and it just, he didn't do anything for me. I think Brock is going to win, and it's, it's not going to be as close to the match as people think it's going to be. Can I, can I run it across the board? Is anybody not picking Brock? I am. I'm not. I'm not. Really? I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. I'm not picking Taker either. I'm, either I'm picking uh, some type of spot where both of them are going to be knocked out and they're just going to clear this off and, and just go away with the win. It's, it's not going to be a clear winner. And to me, if you if you have Brock beat Taker twice in, what, two years, you know, the way that happened, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. This is a WrestleMania now, so this, this really doesn't count. It's, it's, so that's the point. You can watch this one as a way, as a, as a draw. And just say, oh, well, okay, this is over. We're not going to come back to this. And they're just going to keep Brock away until Rumble, where they bring it back to the Rumble. They'll keep Taker away until Mania, and just act like this never happened. Well, I heard Taker might might wreck a few dates between now and Mania. Uh, mm, it, well, it, it may happen, but I would doubt it. I feel like you guys forget so quickly episodes back. And, you know... There's only one person I could be speaking about right here. Oh, the vigilante makes his return. I said that on the last episode too. I think that would be a cool way to do the finish. To he have makes Sting his come out and just cost the him. Match. He has plenty of time to heal. Yep. All he needs to do is come out and point a baseball bat. That's all he has to do. That's it. He doesn't even need Thank to use his, his throwing hand to do it. In the Raptors. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, goodness. absolutely. That's exactly what you do. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I like that. Right, and, and I just wish Michael Cole could channel his uh, inner Tony Savani and say, "Oh my God, this thing!" <laughs> I think that's the way you do it, too, man. And you, you have to figure. I, this is in Los Angeles, right, at the Staples Center, the pay per view. Yep. I mean. You could probably find a way to sneak Sting over there, but odds are we're going to hear about it if Sting's in town. Yeah. And um, just because, like, every time they've had a Sting surprise appearance, like, on in Brooklyn or whatever, like, it was very, very public knowledge that Sting was in the house. So I think we'll hear about it that day if he's there. But that would be a way you can kind of book yourself out to finish again because, like you guys said, there's really no, like, if you put Brock over, that's probably the smartest thing to do moving forward for the next however many years. Cause, like, but if you if you put Taker down and he loses again, it's just like, what's the point of Taker at this point? And who do you put him up against at Mania? If Sting doesn't interfere now, how do you get that booked? A-Ron, I, I don't, you must be so involved in your Cubs game. What happened to your Stone Cold pitch? I was waiting for you to say it. No. What happened? No. What happened? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. They done teased me. This is I don't believe in anything anymore. Hey, this is, 
there's a mess that didn't happen yet that you know can still possibly happen. What? Undertaker Cena. I mean, no, that no, would be sweet. No. I would I would love it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. You hurt my childhood once. Don't do it again. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do that. They're gonna have Cena wrestle Roman Reigns. They're gonna have Seth Rollins wrestle Job to Triple H. They're gonna have The Rock wrestle Brock Lesnar. They're gonna have Vince McMahon wrestle Sami Zayn. It's just gonna be a WrestleMania for the ages, guys. Book it now. I'm just. I'm just. I'm kind of bummed out about you. Brought up the podcast again. Just, I'm just saying, dude, how epic would that match have been in Dallas, Texas? Why have you lost faith? You let the internet boys get you down. and You were supposed to be the advocate for this, and this is how you book it right here. I'm you not are a... the one in a million and one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what, I'll, tell you when I, I'll tell you when I lost faith in it, and it wasn't even before. It wasn't even at the podcast. It was at the beginning of Raw. Stone Cold comes out, and I'm like, oh, man, he's going to cut a promo, say, watch me get ready to whoop on Brock Lesnar with some audio whoop you-know-what on the Stone Cold Podcast. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to answer the challenge. Tune in to see it. Like, that would have been amazing. But he comes out, and he says, I had a lot of moments at the Sportatorium here in Dallas, Texas, and here's The Undertaker, and then he ducks out. It's like, all right, cool. And then he opens up the podcast with, when are we going to go hunting, Brock? I didn't know you liked to grill out Brock. What kind of beer do you like, Brock? It's like, all right, we clearly so, know where this is headed, and it's it's a hey, road to nowhere. I'm, I'm, you know, and that's you. You sound like you plead in the case, like, and then it makes sense. So his music breaks, and you're like, okay, which one of these guys is he really coming out for? Because he just buddy buddy Brock Lesnar, but then he stuns him, and the Undertaker wins. But the, and then what happens? But the thing is, he's. With Hell in the Cell, like, you can't book it to where, like, anybody can just get in whenever they want. The guys that have gotten in in the past couple have been guys with supernatural means, like a Bray Wyatt or an Undertaker. So that's where, like, the Sting finish would be interesting. Like, if he either got in the cell or was in the rafters, like D-Wayne said. Yeah, that's that, absolutely my pick. But don't forget who's supernatural inside the Hell in the Cell. Brock Lesnar going through that door is a moment. Yeah. So... You never, you never know. Like, I, look, you, you want that to happen? When we go. Then you need to be pitching this right now. I'm just trying to protect my feelings too, James. Because if I, <laughs> if, if I, if I get all worked up about it again, I just want you to understand how hard it was last night to watch that podcast and they sign off after cutting a promo about the match. And it's just like, well, that was it. I've been going on like a complete idiot on the podcast for the last month. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let my guard down again. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna build a wall, a Donald Trump wall around my feelings, and I'm just gonna tell you it's gonna be Brock and Rock at Mania. It's gonna be Cena and Roman. It's gonna be Triple H and Seth Rollins, and it's gonna be Sami Zayn and Vince McMahon, and that's your WrestleMania. Where are you getting Sami and Vince? Because everything else is stupid, Doctor M, and so I'm gonna make other stupid matches, and that's a shoot, brother. <laughs> I'm uh, just. You might as well bring a hair versus hair match with uh, Vincent and the Donald if you're going to do that. Oh, and if we have that, we might as well book Renee Young against Paige, like that. <laughs> no, that that was that was some, at her side. That was some tension last night. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> 
got nothing. I got I got nothing left, guys. Woo woo sa. I know that's it. We had to let this drum breathe. <laughs> WrestleMania. I'm just I'm just WrestleMania while I'm rubbing my ears like Martin. <laughs> you know what the you know what the stupidest part of it all is, man? Like we're sitting here complaining about it, like I'm about to cancel my flight, this and that. And our stupid idiot butts are gonna spend upwards of two hundred dollars on tickets in three weeks. And they've just got us they've got us on the leash, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're spending 200 while that $5,000 package sold out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. We win. Yeah. <laughs> How about well, that? If oh, I'm going to watch Vince versus Sami Zayn, I got to be front row, brother. Yeah. I yeah. just thought about something. You know the one person that didn't say they would cancel their flight? Two chains because his flight was only daggone $11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to South Southwest. <laughs> rapid, rapid points. Rapid points. Oh, man. Well, that, this was a pretty productive day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know why? Hey, why? That was so good. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't say anything in, in the likes of uh, Randy Orton. No, no, because that's what, my whole thing about Randy Orton was because he's not on the show. I think that opens up Dean Ambrose to do some shenanigan stuff. No, I don't okay. think. You know what's weird? Like, did you guys watch? You guys ever watched Renee's show unfiltered on the network? False. False. The, the whole thing where they interviewed Randy Orton and his fiance, it just seems like Randy Orton's there at this point. He's just happy to do whatever, and he's just there to kind of make a paycheck. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. I don't think you see Randy Orton anything terribly meaningful for the foreseeable future. But but he was a, he was the same way even in that DVD, the Viper or whatever it was. Like he's always just been really chill. Like hey, you know, I like doing this, but you know, it's it's whatever. Yeah. So, the pain yeah, I mean, because even at one point, you know, there was a rumor about him not really getting along with Seth Rollins, but you know that kind of dropped because he ended up working with him like. For a while, anyway. So I just think he is one of those guys. He just let the wind blow. <laughs> yeah. The marijuana. I was about to say, did D Wayne say marijuana? I thought he did. <laughs> I, I think Randy Orton might actually just be the only person ever to be cool with how um, creative books anybody. I think he's like, fine. You want me to fight this guy? Fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. <laughs> I'm all tuckered out, you guys. I just, well, we got, I just cut a WrestleMania-sized promo there. Guess we got to tell the fans where to find us at, as usual. Well, you can find us on Twitter, at BGB Group, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Belt, And you can find me in a hole in my backyard. I'm just going to bury myself to my ears until WrestleMania and just see what happens. <laughs> I got nothing, guys. Um, I feel like we're ending on such a down note. Somebody do something funny. I, I think it is definitely a woo side because we have a lot of hopes on this pay-per-view, and I can't wait until Monday when we record. And either I hope I, either happy or really mad. Like if it's just like whatever, I'm gonna be mad. But I'd rather just be really mad and ready to talk, or really happy and ready to talk. Well, I think this. They're going to have to do something to kind of, like, boost everybody's excitement for buying Mania tickets, considering yeah. how many they expect to sell. So, like, yep. 
I think the best way you can go about that short term is that sting appearance, like like D Wayne said. Um, I think the Austin ship has clearly sailed. Like if you were gonna do it, I think you would would need to have done it in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I just I'm I'm off that I'm off that ship now, and um, I used to believe in things, you guys. Hey, I used to have child wonder in my eyes. Be happy. WrestleMania in Dallas, home of the Cowboys. Mute him all for saying that. Mute him. Mute him immediately. You know, D-Wayne, my my team played your team down there recently. He muted himself. Yeah, he muted himself. (laughs) Hey, hey, the balls are flat. The balls are flat. You sure it wasn't Brandon Whedon's arm that was flat? Or Tony Romo's (laughs) collarbone that was flat? You know what though, D Wayne? On the real tip, I'm excited to um we gotta like one of the mornings when we're down there, we you we should just take a walk and just hang out at the stadium when there's not a crowd there and just like just take it all in. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a big thing you to see. And that's what I'm gonna propose to you with your Kevin Owens shirt. I've been talking about it this whole time. You gotta record that on video. You know what I wanna make? I was um I have I'm a going to get a big E Leotard. Oh, oh no! And he's gonna twerk. Oh, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Don't do it, Dwayne. Well, two chains can get his dreads back from way back way. You better start now, man. <laughs> um, nah, them days are long gone. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I um, we've been talking about making our T-shirts to rep the podcast. I want to make like a a novelty T-shirt, and you know how they have the shirt? It just says like the KO and like the block letters on the front. Mm-hmm. I want to do something in block letters on the front where it says KO is okay. Mm. Mm. Just that because, like, you. I want to get a Kevin Owens shirt, but you go to Raw and it's like everybody's wearing one, and I just don't want to be. One, yeah. I don't want to be another person just wearing a KO shirt. That's a shoot. I'm, not, I'm not really a fan of his shirt. I like the yeah, ones. I'm going to wear a Sasha Banks shirt. He would. Dude, D-Wayne, can you get the Kanye glasses with it? Wear the Kanye glasses and the Sasha Banks shirt? Yes, I, yes I can. And can you wear the things that say legit boss on your fingers? Hey, you take this too far now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see you wear a leather robe with like studs in it, like what she got with the SB on the front. Hey, did y'all read that article about how uh, Eddie Guerrero was their inspiration? Yes. She was on somebody's podcast, and she talked a lot about being able to. She was at the show. You remember when Eddie passed, and they were going to do a show that night, and he was in like a triple threat world title match, and he was like booked to win the title from Orton. I want to say, apparently, she was all she was attending that show, the one where it ended up being an Eddie tribute special. Like she was at that show, and she was like devastated. She talks about that on some podcast. Just kind of gnarly to think about that. It was like it was like Eddie's birthday recently too, wasn't it? Yeah. How old would he be like today? Four, only like forty-four, something like that. Still young, way too young. Cause he was thirty-eight when he passed, right? Two thousand nine, two thousand eight. It would no man. It was 05 because oh, wow. he 
he was supposed to um if you go back and read Shawn Michaels stuff, Shawn was booked in a match with Eddie, you know, kind of long-term booking at Mania 22, which I attended in 06. And uh, Eddie passed in late 05 in the fall, but he was supposed to work Sean. And when that obviously could no longer happen, they changed the booking to that Vince McMahon angle. Mm. So no, it was it was, it was it was late 05. Dr. M, you want to know who Eddie Guerrero's last match was against? Take one guess. I know, Take who, one I know guess. who it was. Uh... Mr. Kennedy. Yep. I'm mad we didn't get to see Eddie versus Sean, though. That would have been great. I know. <laughs> I was there, man. That would have been. I mean, to be fair, though, the Vince match was kind of a nice consolation prize. That was fun mm. to be there live yeah. for that. <laughs> Got to see Shane. Got to see Dolph Ziggler in the Spirit Squad. Nicky! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think we're off the rails now. You guys good? Yeah, as much yeah. as we can be. We'll see you on Sunday then. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, I guess fans until – I think we'll probably wait till after we see the fallout on Raw at some point. But we'll, we'll get back with you guys. We also have the James Storm uh, debut on NXT. Uh, as we record this, that's tomorrow night it's going to air. So that's something to look forward to this week, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, until until after the pay-per-view, guys, we will uh, – you can follow us on, you know, all of our interactions on Twitter. We, uh, we're we going to try and solicit a few more questions. We'd love to start doing some Q&A stuff here on the podcast with you guys. Uh, Kay Gifted got it started for us with our first question. Um, but we're going to kind of – I think we'll push that until we get a few more. But use the hashtag AskBGB. That's ask BGB hashtag, and uh, just send us in your questions, things you'd like to hear us talk about or answer on the podcast. We welcome. It can be wrestling questions, it can be sports questions, it can be uh, D Wayne's catfish questions. It can really be anything that you want. Um, it can be real, by the way. It can be hashtag Iggy Azalea questions if you want. Can be whatever you want. It can be why the four hashtag husband duties. Hashtag husband duties. Hashtag Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. Um, besides that, um, yeah, I guess we ended on more of a high note there. We had some nice discussion about Mr. Kennedy. That was a nice way to close things out. So, until next time, fans. This is Aaron with D Wayne, Doctor M, Two Chames, and Mr. Silly Sellis. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take it easy.